Welcome to the Unofficial Scholars Podcast with Dylan Stubblefield and David Hancock, where we discuss everything from science fiction to pop culture. We're not experts. We're not scholars. We're two guys having a casual conversation about the things that interest us. If you'd like to become an unofficial scholar, go to patreon.com slash unofficial scholars for exclusive content. I got a question for you. Tell me. Do you think the moon landing was fake? Man, that's a popular question, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, man. I don't know. No. I you have to speak so. in absolutes. Okay. Do you think it was a possibility that the moon landing was fake? Yeah, sure, man. But like, honestly, I think everything's a possibility. Like if you told me like almost anything, right. like the fact like that we're here on this planet Earth, if you told me that aliens dropped us off like 10 years ago and they implanted memories in our minds and we're all just clones walking around <laughs> and but we wouldn't know any better because the aliens put these memories in our minds that make us feel like we lived for 50 years, mm. I would... I couldn't rule it out. You know, it's probably not probable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's a, it, the chance exists. So I think that we probably did, but I like to kind of play my own devil's advocate. We were obviously in a rush and a race against Russia to get there first, right? So I don't think it would be the first time or the last time that our government lied to us about something to look like we were on the forefront of that particular race it's funny you say that and i want to say something and then we can get back to the moon landing but i don't know where you can verify this but you could probably look it up um there's somebody out there and i can't remember and i think i was watching i don't know man i might have been watching what's ancient aliens Mm. yeah or it might have been the bob lazar documentary bob lazar UFOs and flying saucers, something like that. But somebody has a theory that the UFO that crash landed in Roswell was really like a UFO that was like created by Russians. And then they took these like, I actually think it goes, it gets fucked up, man. They like took some type of like real people, like maybe smaller people, maybe children, and then designed them the bodies to look like aliens. And then they like slung it off of a, of a jet or an airplane. What? Man, to, I forget what the end goal was. It was, I don't know, man, it's not my theory, but it, it's, it's fucking, um, sounds compelling to me. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Just dress, dress a bunch of people up and fucking put them in like a makeshift flying saucer looking DIY thing and then sling them in the Nevada desert. Yikes. And then you're like, boom, Raza or New, New Mexico. So... Is this where we're going right now? No, tell me about the uh, the moon landing. Well, I I just think, especially based on just recent events, <laughs> you know, the government would uh, it just would I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that, you know, to make it look like we beat them, we're the winners, and they're the losers, you know. And what have What have they done recently that would uh, <laughs> take you <laughs> take tr- you down that road? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just gotta tread lightly on some subjects here. <laughs> Uh, I just think that, I don't know, man, it's just, no, I get it. I get it. I think that conspiracies are definitely real. And I think if you believe that there are no conspiracies in the U S history, I mean, there's been conspiracy conspiracies in the U S history 
that have it's come to light and it's like okay this is the real deal yeah um i'll give you an example um mk ultra i know of that that's the yeah. name, I believe, right? Yeah, that's MK right. Ultra. Yeah, so it was the uh, like the CIA. They were experimenting with people um, with LSD. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and they were testing them, seeing how they react. I don't know what all... I think the idea was they were going to create, I don't know, maybe some super soldiers or some weird shit like that, but <laughs> that was real. It was like everybody was like, MK Ultra? No, that's not real. I mean... Area 51 in general, bro, that's a conspiracy. Because for the longest time, the U.S. government denied, and I think it was up until Obama. I think under the Obama administration, they officially said, okay, Area 51 is the real deal. Yeah. I don't know if they said it was the real deal, but, <laughs> but they said it was real, man. <laughs> like, they're like, they're not giving us all the details. It's like, okay, you got us. It exists. Well, but they knew Google and shit was coming. They were like, we're going to be fucked <laughs> if we don't say something. My, my only question is like, if... Why haven't we gone back to the moon? Yeah. Yeah, I think the general answer to that is that it's really expensive and there's not a good purpose to do it. And so that's been the big the big argument. But for me, listen, man, there's some stories out there with like the first people to go, I don't know, Buzz, Al- Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, Neil Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, they, they went up to the moon and I think he came back and said he saw some weird shit in space too. I think he got on board. The uh, buzz got on board the, the the conspiracy train, so we're not the only ones, man. I think there's a moon base. That's my personal opinion. You ask me some wacky shit, dude. I'll give you a wacky answer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hollow Earth, dude. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of surface area under there, man. A lot of caves. Well, I saw Might a video down there. <laughs> I saw a video recently of these guys who are trying to like basically say that <clears throat> they were saying that the uh, space station is not real. It's really just a bunch of people in like Hollywood or something acting like they're Whatever. in space. Whatever. No. Well, and so they they showed these clips of things that kind of looked like they some of it could be staged. And there was this one guy who did. He started. He like did a backflip because it's you know anti gravity. And as he's coming through the end of the backflip, it looks like he grabs like a holster around his waist because he starts <laughs> to like fall. <laughs> And it just—it does look like he like grabbed some wires Whatever, or something. Whatever, man. I, it, I mean, I'll send it to you sometime. But it look—they showed a few different clips of things where they're like, "This is clearly recorded in a studio." I think I'm not was, saying that they're bogus, sure man. Is. They're bogus. I think those those guys and girls that are up there, I think they're actually up there. That that I think is true. You know, there was some meat behind like the initial moon landing theory or the you know the first trip to the moon, whatever, um, because. I think they're, you know, like you said, we were in that race with the Russians to get to the moon. And so, um, you know, I, we're the United States, man. We got to look like we did it. We got to yeah. encourage the people, man. Right. So maybe it is, you know, we all got secrets, man. Maybe the, you know, the United States, it's taken on its own entity and it's, uh, it probably has some secrets too. It'd be crazy if it didn't. I mean, yeah, I've, I heard a story just speaking of like that. Mm-hmm. If there ever was a, like an alien invasion this guy was basically saying that most Americans would probably be skeptical of it and think that maybe it was being staged. <laughs> just like, it's a popular, like it's a, on TikTok and you're looking at it and you're like, fake. Yeah, you know, right. Everything looks fake, you know? Well, I mean, I could see that though, but I, one thing I think is that, that that wouldn't honestly be the worst thing in the world if they did stage that because it would bring us together as a planet. You know, like we would have this common enemy of an extraterrestrial being, you know, rather than 
fighting with each other. Now we have this one thing outside of our planet and it would, you know, bring us all together and unite us as one. Whatever, bro. That's like, <laughs> that's the Cinderella story, dude. The thing, right. <laughs> I think it'd fuck us up. I think it'd make it worse. Us up bad, yeah. We would, we would hate each other and then in addition, we would hate the aliens too. Right? <laughs> right. It's like, it'd just give us one more, you know. You don't have, you have so many people, everybody's mad at everybody for everything, you know. It's true. And they're going to be mad at the aliens when they, especially, you know, it's it's going to be a hard pill to swallow, man. Especially if they're sophisticated enough to have been monitoring us all this time, flying yeah. around on, on our planet, you know, seamlessly and, you know, uh, keep it a low profile up until like 2017. <laughs> now, now they're all over the fucking place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we'd be offended to some extent, you know, like our phys- our, our, the smartest people on our planet, the physicists, the doctors, they look at the technology and they're like, fuck, man, like, I thought I was the smartest and now you have this whole species of aliens coming down and shitting on what I know. Like, uh, the, all their life work, their life's work is probably pointless. Yeah, well, I was, we're heading this direction, man. I don't know if I can stop us at this point. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> some Bob Lazar and when he was talking about working on the craft that he worked on and watching how when it would take off it would fly up and then turn yeah and it would vertically. face right it would face like the bottom would face you know the direction that it was headed as if it was being pulled right right and stuff like that like just the technology he said he saw that we have no idea how to comprehend and the um whatever it was the not a generator but whatever it was it had its own gravitational field where he tried to touch it and couldn't yeah the gravitron dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe whatever no it was it was like the something reactor i think is what he was calling it but yeah i can't remember off the top of my head yeah and it would have like that almost the magnetic feel it was like the way they described Uh it was if you were holding like a a magnet like the opposite pole you know on each magnet holding them up against each other yeah how the feeling of the magnets repelling everybody knows that feeling and it's kind of cool because really a magnetic field like we we're so used to it. Like when you're a kid, you do it for the first time. You're like, oh, wow, this is yeah. really cool. But after a while, you know, obviously today, if you gave me a magnet and did that or my niece showed me that, and she's like, look at what I can do with the magnet. I'd be like, dude, been there, done that. <laughs> Come okay. on. I'm experienced. I'm above that. Um, but the idea that you have that fo- that invisible force, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that, that would be used in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, it is in some ways. I think like with the, um, they have those hyper trains that, those mag, those magnet trains, yeah. bullet train. I don't know what they are, but the idea is that the rails kind of had magnets. But um, yeah, to your point, there's that with Bob Lazar. But what I always thought was interesting is, um, oh yeah, what I was going to get at is essentially that's the reactor technology, right? Yeah. So it, the idea is you're putting your hand up against the reactor, and then you have that feeling of the repelling magnet is how he described it. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine like trying to touch something and the sensation that must have been to like try so hard and as you get closer your hand just stops that would be so surreal like to i mean just some of the other things he said he saw would just fuck you up (laughs) as a person like do you you believe bob there's times where i listen to him and think like this guy might be full of shit but then a lot of the things you know that he said and his story has been validated so it's kind of hard to you know not believe there's some merit to it because it's it's crazy to me that they tried to completely erase him that only makes me feel like i should trust him more because they yeah. tried to say that he didn't work at los alamos yeah they tried to say he didn't have a degree in engineer was it uh 
Yeah, and I, I actually don't think he had a degree, but they said he never attended the school to right, study okay. for the degree. Yeah. So yeah, and for those of you who don't know who Bob Lazar is, Bob Lazar is somebody who claimed to have been um, a physicist who reverse engineered um, one of the crashed flying saucers that they found and maybe brought back to um, to Area Fifty One, where he would fly in on what they called Janet flights, uh, which were big, you know, Boeing aircraft with like a red line down them that were unmarked he would fly out to area 51 and he would work on reverse engineering the flying saucers that came from the crash sites and so uh, eventually he got um i think there was there were some issues in his marriage and so he got his like security clearance pulled and he got pulled out of the project and then in order to he he was scared because he was being followed by unmarked vehicles and in order to keep his his safety, he decided to go public with it. And then he went public with George Knapp back in the day. I think this was like in the 70s or 80s. He, uh, actually, I, I was listening to him. He was saying that he and some friends were out, like, spying on Area 51, essentially, or, like, kind of yeah. camping out near it. Recording, he, he was telling his friends that they had to come out to this site at, like, yeah. Room Lake so that they could see the, the, um, the, the test testing. launch, yeah. Yeah, the testing that they were doing with the UFO. When he said that they were one night, you know, out there on a, I think he said it was usually like Wednesday nights is when they did their test flights. And yeah. uh, he said they were all sitting there talking about, I forgot what he said. That he said something that he shouldn't have said. And then all of a sudden uh -huh. he sees like a green laser light yeah. roll across because <laughs> one of the like security, whatever guards dropped it and it uh, rolled over to him. Then he got, you know, arrested or whatever at that, that point. sounds like it could be written into a movie though. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, the thing about Bob with me is that, I mean, one of the things that happened in, in Jeremy Corbell's documentary, they, they showed this, there was a scene where Bob had back in the day had made these videos. Um, you know, he had went online. I, I don't know if it was a TV program or, or if they were home videos, but he was basically explaining his experience from the time that, you know, he got on the base to the time that he was working and who he was working with and his boss and so on and so forth. But, um, one of the instances, he, one of the things that he described was a hand scanner that he needed to use in order to access the base. Yeah. Okay. But it, it's not like he said, oh yeah, there was a hand scanner to access the base and that was it. He described it in detail and it wasn't like a regular, like what you would think right, is like a hand just scanner. Just a green light that comes across your hand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What it was is it was like this machine that had the outline of a hand. Okay. That's obvious at this point, but it also had like, if you could imagine like lines down each finger mm -hmm. from like the tip of your finger like where you're like on the underneath side of your hand would be down to kind of the palm of your hand or not the palm of your hand but where your fingers connect with your hand portion you know <laughs> and then above that was like a little arch and the arch would scan the hand so I mean there's like three points of detail there that are like unique enough to where right. it would be weird if that exists at that site because it yeah. sounds totally unique and then Jeremy Corbell did the big reveal, and he was like, here's a picture. This was declassified information from Area 51 around the same time that you claimed to be working there, and it was a picture exactly how Bob described. Yeah. I was like, that's insane. The hand scanner was, well, was what got me. Yeah, man. As, <clears throat> as time goes on, it just seems like more and more of his stories seems to be, like, adding up. And, the, yeah, just stuff like that, little details that they would say where it was like, how would he have known that or mm -hmm. guessed that? Yeah. There's just no way. This is my take on Bob. I think that at very least, Bob worked there. Yeah. I think at very least, Bob worked there right. or knew somebody that definitely worked there. Yeah. For that sure. That would be willing to give him that much information.
Yeah. That's at very least. And then at most, I think he's telling the truth. Honestly, out of all the UFO story, like related stories that I've ever heard in my life, the story with Bob Lazar is the most compelling for me. Yeah. You know, it just, he seems genuine. His, his story doesn't really change over time. And then just the key elements, like the element 115 that he described and kind of its behaviors. And, um, I think some people have like tried to debunk that and say, you know what, it's just, you know, it's the periodic table. It's 114, 115 is going to come next or whatever. But I think the properties were really specific. Like it's anti-gravitational or unstable properties. Yeah. I have no idea, dude. Not a physicist. Speaking of... I say words like properties. <laughs> speaking of just UFO UFO stories, though, uh, let's talk about that Tic Tac. The Tic Tac. Commander David Fravor. David Fravor. Is, is he the Tic Tac, though? David Fravor, because there was a couple of videos. There was the Tic Tac. He's and then the there Tic Tac. He is the Tic Tac. Yeah. There's another one, too. I can't remember the name of the video. There was a newer one. I think there was one like 27... I think the Tic Tac was like 2004 2004 like yeah, yeah it was pretty old um, so you worked on these radar systems with the Navy right yeah do they look like they look in the movies where it's a spinning green line and it sees dots as it goes around in a circle yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely, no, well, not, no, not for the Aegis radar system. And this thing was picked up on, I think some of them were picked up on the Aegis radar system. I mean, some of them were just the heads-up display on the F-18. But in this case, no, the Aegis radar is radar rays that sit on the superstructure of, like, a destroyer or a cruiser, and they're just flat rays. And so they scan, and they scan, like, every one second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a, the sweeping radar systems are parabolic radars, which spin and they're actually like the orange peel radar or something like that. It's in the shape of like an orange peel and it just spins and rotates and you're capturing the, you know, whatever you're seeing on the radar every one second. And then you got, you know, a, a radar display that you're looking at. So the Aegis is definitely more high tech. Most of that stuff is like digital display instead of those parabolic radars. Those were all like analog displays. So, so David, David Fravers, that wasn't the one with the Aegis, was it? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there actually, no, I think there was the Aegis radar might've captured, um, what was going on during that training exercise. So I think it was a combination of both. I think that's why that, that story also is so, um, credible is because not only do you have these, you know, naval officers who are, you know, they're trained observers up in the sky flying around chasing this thing and multiple of them pilots and it's hard to be a pilot bro like n- people aren't pilots in the navy you have to be like a perfect physical specimen well not only that he was top gun yeah literally like, yeah what the movie's based off of is what he was he's i mean he he was super cre- i mean and the dude and you can tell i mean when you listen to him talk i mean he he's he's navy 100 well you know yeah. and um yeah it's just crazy to think you have that plus you have the radar data and uh, the thing that they described is so nuts. So you got to think like, yeah, it's, I mean, and the Pentagon came out in like 2008, 2019 and confirmed it. I mean, you got to think it's real, bro. It was something. I don't know what it was, but it was something. Yeah, just because it's, you know, a UFO doesn't mean that it's extraterrestrial. It's just something we don't know what it was. Sounded, you know? sound, I mean, the way that they described it, the pilots described it, was very like, it's not, it's at least a technology that's, you know, not even imaginable right. at this point, whatever they're using, well, you the, know, so in the, terms of innovation. The story went that it went from, what, sea level to, like, 
what? to like 50,000 feet right, in the air in, in, a in like a second. And <laughs> the reason they say the second is because the Aegis radar scans every one second. Right. So, it and so they, it could have been faster. That's insane. I know, man. It's a super insane story. And his name's David and so is mine. So I feel like we have a lot in common. <laughs> well, and you and, and we're in the Grammy Navy. Hancock share yeah. the same last name. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're tied into this world of UFOs, yeah, man. Yeah, no kidding. I was, it was destined to be, but, um, you know, I'm going to pronounce this wrong probably, but my uncle spent 20 years in the Air Force and he was stationed at Monstrum, Monstrum Air Force Base, Monstrum Air Force Base. And I'm going to really butcher it. I think it was in, mm, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Look it up. Um, anyway, I, I think Montana. Look it up. Check to see if it's Montana. I think Monstrum Air, Monstrum Air Force Base in Montana. And he was stationed there for 20 years and they have they have silos out there for nuclear weapons. I don't know if they still have them out there, but they had missile silos. And, you know, my uncle, of course, I've asked, <laughs> there's been reports of, I think there's some UFO related stories associated with this. Did you find it? It's Malmstrom. Malmstrom. It, it is Malmstrom in Montana. Montana. Yeah, there you go. I butchered it. I know I was going to butcher it, but um, there's stories of UFOs flying over the missile silos. And like maybe, I don't know if they like deactivated the missiles or if huh. it was just a, a UFO scare. But if you go out like near that base, um, it was funny actually, my uncle had visited one of his buddies from back in the day. And on the way back, he brought me a, a book about UFOs in Montana. Huh. <laughs> and it was like something he picked up at a gas station. It made him think of me because every time I see him, I say, you know, you're a, you're like a, and he was stationed back there like around that time, you know, yeah. like the eighties and the shit that was going on was like in the seventies. Right. And I was like, you're a senior enlisted. Okay. You're stationed on the, uh, a base known for UFO sightings. What do you know? You what son do you know? Of a bitch? <laughs> what do you know? You know something, you know something. And I ask him and to this day, I mean, he's retired and everything else and he won't tell me. He he swore an oath, and he's a he's a a, a strong military man. Military man, you know he's not he's not gonna give it up, man. And so what I'm hoping is maybe, you know, maybe down the road when he's on his deathbed, I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah. <laughs> have him write have him write it down somewhere. And then I'm just give gonna it to ask. You. I'm gonna be like, okay, so now that now that this is it. You know, this is your last chance. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell me what you know. Carry on the legacy, brother. Well, that's one thing I've always heard with a lot of UFO sightings is when nuclear events and things like that happen is when events seem to occur more often. Same, and that's, with, the, same with the Mothman. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's always uh, <laughs> tragedies is when the Mothman th- shows up. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because it, it kind of, if you th- just think about it, it's like maybe they're like, wow, what's, you know, Maybe we need to watch this, what's going on on this planet. Like, yeah. you know, they're messing with some things that are pretty advanced. I think so. For their society. I think so, man. I think that the the theory that they're futuristic us, I think is a really good theory. I think it's very plausible, yeah. Because the idea is that for people that don't know, the like the quintessential four foot, four and a half foot gray or green aliens with the big black eyes and the big head with the small body, that's called the, they call those the grays. Mm-hmm. And essentially the way that they look, it's like, you know, if you, if you were to look at us now compared to us, you know, when we were essentially like cavemen, um, you know, we're less, ha- we're less hairy. Yeah. Okay. Our skin presumably is a little bit paler, you know, um, our eye, well, I don't think our eyes are much different, but the idea is we're a little bit more naked and we're a little, 
<laughs> our heads might be a little bit bigger compared yeah. to compared to our bodies. But if you extrapolate that out, you know, thousands of years, we could potentially get, you know, even more pale from not getting out in the sun and focusing on like our technology and being indoors and playing video games. And then, you know, our mouths would get smaller, like a little slit because we would, we would be essentially tele, like communicating telepathically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, I mean, what else? Our brain, you know, our head would get bigger. Our brain would get bigger. You know, body would get smaller. Get smaller. Yeah, there's you don't no even use work out. It. No, yeah. no, no, no use for it with no gravity. Yeah, it's like true. The, it's like the astronauts faking the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's definitely possible, and I think we could be heading. Well, and that's the thing is, like, we're slowly heading that way. We have people who are working on colonizing Mars. You know, so that's. I love that. I oh, love yeah. that idea, man. I like, wish. I, I wish I was born. 200 years later than I was just you know to see what it's going to be like I've always been obsessed with sci-fi stuff Yeah, and I remember thinking when I was like 7 years old I was like man I'm so glad I was born right now as opposed yeah. to when my parents were born I'm like <laughs> right. cause they're getting all dried up you know and it's like it's over for them everything that I've, I'm seeing right now at 7 that's the last thing they're going to see <laughs> you know um, but I was like well at least I'm lucky I'm born now so now it's like when I'm when I'm 28 or when I'm 30, you know, the world's going to be so different. Right. And I, and I was right. Yeah, it's, it's different. definitely different. It's different, but it's not enough. Right. Like I'm hungry for more. Right. And now I'm like, I'm, thir- you know, almost 30. And I'm like, this is, it's time, man. Like it's, let's, let's see some right. progress. Let's speed it up a little bit. <laughs> let's speed it up. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm running out of time. Right. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I love, you know, science fiction and stuff like that. Even so this is kind of off subject a little bit Mm -hmm. so there's a movie called santa claus conquers the martians it's a cult classic terrible movie but in such a good way and the way that the aliens consume their nutrients is basically just a small pill and that's like their food for the day like it's all oh what a bummer though yeah it takes away a lot of the experience of eating but i don't mind you don't need those pleasures and you don't need that experience when you're highly efficient does your food ever gross you out (sighs) no I, I like food in general. Man. Yeah, it doesn't I've been what. super into like black bean burgers lately. Black Ooh, bean burgers. Mm, I don't like that. You're not into it. I, I can eat them, but like they're just not that great. Man, I think even even that supplement I use, it's a meal replacement. It's called Huel. Fifteen percent off your next order if you order with me. <laughs> no, too, it's too late, guys. The coupon code's already been used by Dylan. Um, yeah. I only had one to hand out. Um, so. I any like I'm getting to the point where I'm just kind of getting grossed out by my food. Like I look down at it like meat, you know, or chicken, or I just go through the process of cooking chicken. Or if you've ever like defrosted chicken in the microwave, yeah. and then like the the edges are like cooked from the microwave of the chicken, right. the raw chicken. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's so gross, man. And then I cook it, and I can't help but think like it's like I know you got a full cooked piece of chicken, but the corners of it were cooked by the microwave, <laughs> so they're kind of fucked up. You know, it's like yeah. I don't want to eat that. And so, yeah, man, I'm 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 pretty much full blown vegan at this point. I'm just getting grossed out. It sounds like you're more burnt out on the, the foods you eat. Yeah, you just want something new than anything. Yeah, because you put a big fucking steak in front of me, and I'm, I'm not gonna be able to help myself. <laughs>